Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Happy Sunday. This is Anne-Marie Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm here today with return guest, Emma Eden-Ramos. Hi, Emma. Thanks for coming. Hi. Thank you for having me again. Uh, this is like our third time on the air, I think, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, this is the third time, right? <laughs> wow. Yep. It, it's fun because I'm getting to speak to you now three different times at three different points in your career. We've been talking about this and um, yeah. your experiences at each of these time points as a writer is very different. Why don't you start with a poem now and we'll talk about the collection that that's from after. Right. Okay. So um, this, so I just uh, recently edited and published an anthology called Love is Love, um, which is an anthology for LGBTQIA plus teens, um, and all of the proceeds for the anthology are going to the Trevor Project, which is a great organization um, that's been helping, you know, LGBTQIA plus teens since 1998. And so the first poem that I'm going to read is by a poet named uh, Robin Anna Smith, and uh, Robin is an award-winning, pushcart-nominated writer, visual artist, and poet. And her work uh, typically focuses on disability, gender, trauma, and loss. And so this poem is titled uh, Shapeshifter by Robin Anna Smith. I exist somewhere between a match and a flame, a tear in the sea, a handful of clay, and a sculpted vase. No other being determines or influences which form I take, which direction I follow, which air I choose to breathe into my lungs. Those who fear my state of being fear the unknown, the unsubscribed, the undeclared, and that which causes their unease is my strength. That's a very powerful poem. I think this yes. book is full of powerful poems. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it was. It was. Um, yeah, I kept getting submission after submission, and I'd read the work, and I'd go, "Wow, this is really good." Um, so it was really it was an exciting process, you know, being able to, um, you know, having people just send you their beautiful work and having the opportunity to read it, and then, you know, let them know how beautiful their writing is, and that, you know. Um, I, I loved that that experience. It's very new new for me. It's like being on the other side. Um, yes. No. So I kind of got you, to see a little bit like what you do. Um, yeah. At, at Box <laughs> <laughs> so, It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I, well, I what struck me was from the time you mentioned this poem, this anthology to me, to to now to its imminent release. There, that wasn't a lot of time. This this happened no, very quickly. Yeah. So talk yeah. a little bit about how that, because these things are not easy to do, and, and typically the timeline is quite a bit longer. So um, I'm right. fascinated by how quickly you put it all together. 
Yeah, it was um, it was really quite amazing. So I decided at I think it was a, it was on the end of October. It was right before Halloween that you know I I, I wanted to do um, sort of a charity anthology and you know get get poems and stories and uh, visual art as well. There's some really beautiful paintings um, in the piece from you know LGBT writers. And so I figured, okay, well you know I'll I'll put out a call for submissions and I'll, you know, over the course of a few months, you know, acquire enough submissions to maybe be able to put something together by the summer. And so I put out a call and all of a sudden I'm like inundated with really (laughs) top notch amazing poems and stories. And so it all just sort of, you know, by, um, right before New Year's, actually, I already had the full collection and it was sort of, I, I figured, you know, it, I have it. I, I can get it done now. Um, and you know, I, so I, I figured, well, well, let's do it. Um, and so it just sort of, I mean, it, it wasn't really that I worked particularly quickly. It was more that I just sort of uh, got so many amazing submissions, and so it just made my job much easier. Yeah, you know, um, we talked about it in the beginning when you were putting out the call and you know I the conversation um surrounding this book would be incomplete if we did not talk about the inspiration for it in the first place so why don't you share a little bit about where the idea came from Yeah so I um the the Trevor project is it's an organization it it's really an, it's an amazing organization um they have 24/7 um counselors who are on call uh who there's you can that you can chat via text via um i think there's uh like a, a chat room but also on the phone uh sort of as a as a hotline and they take calls from you know young lgbtqia uh people who are struggling um and who mm. you know need somebody to talk to who feel like they're you know, in in crisis, and oftentimes because they you know they've just come out and their family, you know, is is not understanding or isn't receptive, or they're experiencing bullying, which you know is has become really a, a pervasive problem. And you know, so I mean, the Trevor Project, I you know, I, they've been on my radar for quite a while. And I, you know, I watched actually what what kind of uh, inspired the anthology initially is I, you know, I watched this documentary called Matthew Shepard is a friend of mine. If you, I don't know if you if you yes. are familiar. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's about a young man who you know was was uh, was murdered um, when you know, two two men found out that he was gay and in the documentary, it's a really beautiful but really you know, heart wrenching documentary, the Trevor Project is mentioned. And so I thought, you know, well I mean, I, I know that, you know, this is right now at this point, you know, in, in our uh, in American history, well what will at one point at some point be history, but what we're living through right now, um, you know, things are very uh uncertain in the world and you know there's a lot of bullying going on going on there's um just a lot of uncertainty and um you know the lgbtqia community has been you know uh, under attack i mean 
you know, for instance, with the transgender military ban, and there's yeah. it's just been, it's really it's it's really hard, I think, right now. I mean, to be an LGBT um, young adult, and so I figured, you know, this this is this is a good time to to do something like this and to create uh, an anthology that you know the proceeds will go to this wonderful organization, and also young adults can can pick this up and, and read the poems, look at the pictures, read the stories, and, you know, hopefully feel like some of these, these pieces resonate with them. Um, and so that was, when you, you know, that was sort of... When you put out the call for submissions, um, is there is there a pattern to where the submissions came from in terms of um, age of the submitter or, ge- like, gender, geography? Were there places that you saw, a, like, an outpouring, or was it kind of across the map? You know, it was, it was. I mean, when I say across the map, I mean really across the map. So mm-hmm. my youngest contributor is actually 17 years old, um, mm. and it, she's, she's 17, but she does not write like a 17-year-old. Um, I mean, not that I'm saying, you know, I'm, 17-year-olds are, you know, I'm sure they're great writers who are 17, but she's, she writes like someone, you know, beyond for years. Um, and she's from France. I have, there are two, two contributors that are from New Zealand. I have a, there are a few contributors from England and then from all over the state, the South, the Midwest, um, the East Coast. So it really just from all over. Um so I can't, I mean, in terms of, you know, trying to kind of pinpoint, right, a, a geographically where everyone comes from, it's it's just, it's not possible. It's just from everywhere. It's it's an international group, really. And that's, that kind of gives it a whole, a whole different texture as well, mm-hmm. because now you're getting voices that are different in so many ways, all writing about an experience that to one degree or another is shared in one element or another. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think in some ways that actually that makes the uh, collection even um, even richer because you know you're reading this and you're reading these experiences and and obviously I mean all these poets are very different poets but the core of what they're saying is is the same and so you realize that these are universal experiences and universal feelings and so you really aren't alone. So if you're an LGBT teen living in New York or if you're living in New Zealand, or you're living in, you know, um, northern. Uh, uh, one of our uh, contributors is from uh, Suffolk, England. I, I, I've never been there, but you know, anywhere you, these poems will resonate with you, and so it is universal. And I, I love that about it. Would you read us another poem from the collection? Yes. Um, so this poem is by a poet, and she's well, she's. She has a book review blog called uh, Savvy Verse and Wit, which is a pretty well-known uh, book review blog. She's also a poet and a writer. Um, her name is Serena Augusto Cox, and she's from Maryland. So this poem is called A Story of Friendship. Game of chase around the playground, tomba- tomboy girls grappling arms off a balance beam to ground. If only we grounded ourselves then. Beyond the chase, harsh words, fear and hate spiraling, whizzing through the air. If only we could have flown. Too young to understand friendship, one begun in hate and fight, 
that ended in hugs and laughter. If only we knew who we were. Today, miles separated, memory threads sewn to clothes cuts we made. Now we know who we are. It's a, it is an, a very interesting view on something that I think most of us don't think about every day, except for that mm-hmm. time that we're in that space, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I uh, it's I, I definitely found myself thinking back to you know childhood mm-hmm. friendships and um, you know these relationships you have when you're you know. Um, uh, whatever, 10, you know, uh, yeah. 9, 8. Yeah. And, and yeah. then sometimes, you know, you'll, you reconnect, so maybe only briefly, and it's, it's, um, it's just a, such a fascinating sort of uh, poignant experience, and I definitely felt that with the poem. So um, it brought me back to that, to that feeling. And I think there's, a, there's another quality in that poem, which is it almost doesn't matter how you define yourself. You know, um, that it's a, it's a universal poem outside of gender identity, outside of sexuality, outside of race, outside of all of the, the identifications we, we wrestle with or struggle with or try to integrate as a culture. I mean, these are, these are things that everyone has felt <laughs> trying to figure out who they are. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. So it really is, um, yeah, it really it it it, can, it resonates with you know with really anybody. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, um, and so she uh, Serena has uh, three poems in this collection, and um, you know she's one of uh, one of a group of really wonderful writers. Um, you have been uh, spending time teaching, so you're working <laughs> with high school students, am I right? Yes, uh, yeah, uh, high school, and that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, um, I, I know that's a, <laughs> it's a huge job, and um, I, I'm curious as to how you find the energy to write, edit, or do any of those things while you're a teacher. <laughs> um, you know, it, finding time to write is, is, is difficult, I think, um that being said, I feel like the experiences I'm having are, you know, going to definitely help me um, or help um, strengthen my writing because, you know, I'm, I have the the ability to meet um, and, and also get to know these young these young you know maturing uh, individuals in such an unusual way. I mean, being a teacher is such a um, it's such a specific relationship, you know, because you're not a parent, you're not a peer. Um, it's it's not really like anything else. And so, you know, I feel like I'm. You certainly grow as a person, and I and I from what I've heard and what I you know, um, can only imagine, as you grow as a as an individual, you become an even stronger uh, writer. So I, you know, I I. I'm sure that the experience will, when I am able to write again, will absolutely um, strengthen uh, my writing skills. Um, and but yeah, it's uh, it's it's wonderful, and particularly you know as a writer, being able to teach literature is is always it's really it's a real treat. Um, you know, being able to or teach poetry. Uh, you know, uh, having the ability or the the opportunity to introduce students to 
poets, they might not read under, you know, or in, mm-hmm, yeah. in other English classes. Um, and so that's Are, you're, you're meeting so many young writers at the beginning of their, of their um, process, at the oh, beginning yeah. of their writing life. And, you know, you have a chance to influence them. And I'm sure when they show you their work, it's with a range of excitement and nervousness and all that. How do you navigate oh. young writers and encouraging them in that space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's, you know, it's, I mean, I think, I, and I, I think this is probably, you know, universally true, is that in order to be a, a good writer, you, you, I mean, you have to read. You can't, you can't be a writer if you don't read. And so, you know, being able to, I mean, I, I guess some people would like to try, but you really do need to, you know, you do need yeah. to be an avid reader, I think. That's at least that's my opinion. Um, and so being able to, you know, open up um, or introduce writers like age or for, you know, writing if I'm, you know, working on a, uh, for instance, in an English class, if we're doing um, a section on poetry, uh, being able to, you know, introduce a student to Adrian Rich or Anne Sexton or Mary Oliver, um, who recently passed away, uh, but these, you know, writers who you might not typically read in high school, but, you know, a lot of the time these writers and, and their poems really resonate with these students, and I then when I have, you know, if I if I ask my students to then go home and write a poem, you know, as as for homework, you can always see sort of the influence beginning to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, see see through. And so that I, I it's a great it's a it's a wonderful opportunity, and I feel very lucky to be able to 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 be there and do that with my with young adults. So in with all of your um, free time that you don't have, <laughs> but on the heels of this of this wonderful anthology, the the experience that you're having with that, what what would you like to do next in terms of your writing or in terms of your editing, in terms of your uh creative creative life? Yeah, well um so the so Love is Love just released uh came out on Thursday. And so, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of work around, you know, promoting the collection and you know, many of my writers and also friends, you know, friends of mine who are writers or reviewers, um, you know, have been really great in, you know, helping spread the word. And so, you know, I'm working on that. And I guess at the moment at the, you know, promotion that you're doing, doing some promotional work for the, uh, for the collection. But yeah, I, I, I am planning to get back to writing. I think especially, um, you know, getting all these, submissions and reading through these submissions and kind of, I don't know, kind of got the creative juices flowing. <laughs> I hate that expression, but yes. <laughs> um, and I yeah, sort of found myself thinking, oh, you know, I, I miss this. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you so. find, do you find, I know this is, I'm almost even afraid to ask this question because I hate it, but I think, it's the, I hope that your answer to it is the answer I would give, which is why I'm going to ask it. Do you ever, are you a little nervous about um, having gone through a period of not writing? Are you afraid that, you know, it won't come back or something? I know a lot of mm-hmm. people fear that when they go through a spell with, with few words, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I do, and um, and particularly because, and I, this is always sort of an analogy that people use. They say, well, you know, once you've done it and once you've, it's become ingrained in you, you never forget. It's like riding a bike. 
Well, I actually learned to ride a bike as a child, did not ride a bike for 10 years, got back on a bike and fell off. So <laughs> I finished. <laughs> so that's the experience that I'm going to have coming back to riding. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. But, you know, I, so I don't know if that's a helpful response. Um, but <laughs> oh, sorry, that's just my, that's just my personal anxiety. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I can't imagine that one could have such a strong connection or a strong relationship with the written word for, you know, years and then, you know, have a sort of a brief five, I guess, brief five years, five years, maybe it's not that brief hiatus and then, you know, just never be able to get back to doing it. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but then, you know, I fell off the bike, so. <laughs> we'll see. I, you know what I think? I think that, um, I think no matter how many times you fall off the bike, if you keep trying it, you'll figure it out again. And I, and I think that, um, for writers, it's a reasonable thing to worry about, but I think the real, question isn't whether you can do it again but the question is how what will you be writing when you come back to it because it'll be different than what you wrote the last time and maybe that's 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 the real fear possibly in some of that space Mm -hmm. so um don't be afraid just you know you fall off the bike you'll be okay (laughs) yeah right i'll get back on it (laughs) that's right that's right um just you know wear the helmet (laughs) yes right 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 (laughs) All right, tell us um, where we can find the book before we do one last reading from it. So um, we so the book is available now on Lulu.com, and it will be in a couple of weeks. It will also be on Amazon. And so it's called Love is Love, an anthology for LGBTQIA plus teens. Um, and so if you go to Lulu.com, which is uh, an independent publishing uh, platform, You'll find it if you Google it. You'll find the book. Um, we also have a website. It's loveislovebook.weebly.com. And uh, we're on Twitter as well. And we'll, we will be on Amazon soon, or at least they tell me in the next couple of weeks. So, um, Excellent. so that'll, yeah. And uh, I think there, yeah, so the, and there uh, will be doing some promoting, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks. And so that'll, no. I'm not sure exactly where we're going to be. I'm just figuring that out right now. Um, but, yes, we'll we'll be moving around. Okay. So we are just about out of time. If you would give us one last poem from the book. Sure. So this is a poem. This poem is untitled um, by a poet named Samuel J. Fox. Um, and Samuel is a queer, non-binary poet who lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and they are a nonfiction reader for a journal called Homology Lit. Um, and they have also had their um, poems and stories appear in a number of other journals. Uh, so this is untitled. It's by Samuel J. Fox. And I felt the ferocity of happiness only briefly, here and there, like a lump in the throat or a head floating away a yellow balloon from the shoulders. My friends celebrate getting high in a country that does not care whether they live or die. I celebrate another day being alive and clear and breathing in a country I keep my hands from 
like a candle under a bushel, and I know my moth-like whiteness keeps me safe, and I want to be ashamed, but instead I will celebrate the people who are not safe, who live in danger, like a hand hovering over their neck. For they, I'm sure, will inherit the earth and remold history into its horrible facts that are necessary to tremble forward into the future. My friends celebrate getting drunk at a bar, at a nightclub, at a rock show, and here am I, dressed in all white, looking like a bad angel afraid of his duty, to commit this to paper, to stand up for ones who sit with their hands folded under their seats, and am I not alive to speak up, be abrasive against the soft flesh of tyranny? I celebrate no country, for it is an aberrant invisibility, an idea like all ideas that cannot kill but be murdered for, where tonight I will dance with a man and, like God, call him good, and I will make out with a woman behind a jukebox, does not know my name, nor that I am weak with longing to be seen and not hatred, and I will embrace my friend transitioning from one person into another who just surfed the crowd holding their microphone like it were a coin for admittance, past the gilded gate of the farthest heaven that has always been here, being built up like in, like inheritance and a joy accumulates. Thank you so much for sharing that yeah. third beautiful yeah. poem from this collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it's, Another another amazing piece in the in the collection. Yeah. The book is called Love Is Love, and it is available in a multitude yeah. of places. And mm-hmm. I urge you to Google it, find it, and and buy it, and bring a little poem love into your day. Thank you, Emma, for joining us again, and I look forward to another conversation uh, down the road with the, after your next project. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye.